Welcome to Mind Meets Body and Soul, a podcast that connects the dots between clinical mental health and spiritual holistic wellness. I'm Heather, a licensed clinical social worker and mental health guru. And I'm Devin, a Reiki master, spiritual teacher, and lover of all things woo-woo. We're here to discuss various wellness topics, highlighting the connection between the mind, body, and soul. We'll be offering nuggets of wisdom from each of our fields with the ultimate goal of bridging the gap between our two worlds. Whether you lean more into cognitive psychology or flow with the woo-woo waters, our intention is to help you prioritize yourself and unlock a fresh perspective to healing, growth, and expansion. We're so excited you're here. Let's jump in. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mind Meets Body and Soul. Heather here with my co-host, Devin, who clearly got the black hoodie memo today. (laughs) Hi, Heather. Yes, I, I love that we just show up to this call wearing the same thing. We are, and then we have the matching mic, we have the matching headphones, (laughs) mic and headphones on purpose matching black hoodie, not on purpose. But I think this is just what happens when we start a podcast. And also we haven't seen each other since before I left for the retreat. So it was back in January, I think when I last saw you, it's been way too long. How are you? I know it has been way, way too long. I feel like we talk all the time through text, but it's always so refreshing and nice to see you and you know, some stuff's been going on on my end, on your end. So we've just had like a lot. So it's always nice to, it feels good to just like sit down and be able to know that like we have this time to chat with each other and check in and talk about all the things. Yeah, it has, life has been lifing for sure. And in a wide variety of ways, I know that when I was away, you were experiencing a whole lot going on in your life, personally, business-wise as well. So how are you doing? I'm doing. Life, like you said, is lifing. I mean, I think right now I'm okay. Like you said, we've had a lot going on. I think when stuff is hectic, the way that I cope with it is I just kind of like go into autopilot. I put my head down. I do what I need to do. I do realize that that affects some of my personal relationships because I just can't show up and give as much. I just like know what I have to do and I know I'm very aware of how much I have to give. So I feel like I just give exactly enough. Um, so I don't feel great in that like I have some guilt that I feel like I'm not being like the greatest friend or greatest um, partner or greatest uh, just person, but I'm doing the best that I can. And I'm really trying to approach that with grace and compassion, given that like, there's just like stuff happening, you know? Yeah. Oh, a lot of compassion there. We are starting off this episode with a very human update of like, yeah, sometimes this human life is not always shiny and bright and flowy. Sometimes it does have its hard moments and we're trying to juggle so much. So thank you for bringing that in. Remind me again, your word for this year? Align. <laughs> and isn't it interesting how we spoke about how when you set that intention, you're, you're also shown all of the ways that you are out of alignment with that 
intention. And like, this is sometimes just what needs to happen to like kind of redirect you to where you need to go. But along the way in those moments, when you do feel like you're out of alignment, I'm sure the best advice that we can give to ourselves is to do the best that we can. And that, that it really is always enough. And yeah, we did talk about that. And like to kickstart the year, I feel like I've been tested in having to do things that actually are in alignment with the things that I value, even though I don't know if it's like my ego or like what, but like, I don't always want to do the things. And even still, I know that it's like the good thing or the right thing or what I should do. But then I have these like human moments where I'm like, oh man, like I don't want to do that, but (laughs) I still have to. And I'm, and I'm happy to show up for it. I just have to kind of feel the feelings along the way. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of you. You're like the walking model for what we spoke about, the caveat of intention setting being that it, it's, it is not as easy as we sometimes portray it to be. So thank you for doing the hard thing. Thank you for showing up. And also thank you for sharing that in this space. It seems timely to have this check-in and have this human moment because I think that is where we wanted to take this episode anyway in talking about emotions and being emotional and what that means and what society says that means versus what we've learned. So do you mind if I just jump right in? No, not at all. Let's jump in. Okay. So I have a client who I'm thinking of specifically who talks to me a lot about how growing up, she was told that she is too sensitive or too emotional. And I hear those words a lot. And through my work as a therapist, I've learned that the the words that we use have a lot of meaning behind them. And the meaning actually isn't always aligned with what the definition of the word is. I think societally, sensitive is seen as weak or emotional is seen as unpredictable. And again, like these things are seen as like weaknesses. And I really would like to spend time today unpacking that and then reframing that because to me in my work I've learned and gotten to a place where I actually see being a sensitive person as a strength if you can harness it. I've seen and learned how being emotional is one of the most courageous and brave things that we can do. Again, when we can learn how to harness and kind of use it to our advantage. But I understand also that like it can feel icky and it can feel overwhelming and it feels really messy. So I just wanted to like dedicate a whole episode to talking about that because that is a theme that I continue to see and have seen in my work as a therapist. I know in past conversations, we've talked about emotions and I remember we've mentioned them as being energy emotion, but I think it's really going to be a conversation geared towards the empaths and the sensitive people or the people that have Cancer and Pisces and Libra in their charts. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) And to really give our audience, you, myself, whatever, us, a sense for how we can view 
that emotional capacity as a superpower. So I'm with you there. I already love this conversation. Yeah. And I do think that that's also like I have personal connection here. Like it is important for me to share that I've been through this. I am the leader of the emotional community if, you know, not driving the bus on that one. So myself included, I've had to learn that like, okay, I have these big feelings and I have them a lot. And sometimes they knock me over and I feel like I'm like standing in the ocean, like trying to get up. And I feel like a wave keeps coming and a wave keeps coming. And also once I've learned to stand up and do that work and see them as powerful, it becomes such a superpower and such a strength to be able to feel those feelings, learn from those feelings, show up with also like carrying those feelings. And it allows me to have such human moments too. And I know that for a lot of people, it's hard to see someone you care about having big feelings. Like I know for Nick, sometimes he's like, what can I do? And I'm like, it's okay for me to have these feelings. Like I'm allowed to be really sad. And once I feel really sad about it, I'll move forward and I'll learn Mm. and I'll take the lessons and I'll do something, but I have to feel it first. Yeah. And I think that's a lesson for me. That's been a lesson for Nick as my partner. That's a lesson that I want to share with our audience too. Yeah, definitely. And it really, as you're speaking to that, it it makes me question or I get curious, like where, where did this come from? Like, where did we stop seeing emotions as being a positive thing and start to see them as more of a burden or as something that we needed to contain? Because I remember in like early days of grade school, like we're taught to express our emotions and to like label them. Like, I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel angry right now. And we encourage kids to speak to how they're feeling. But then somewhere along the way, and again, this could be in so many different ways. It could be societal. It could be generational. It could be within certain families. So it's going to be different for everybody, this question of like, where did this come from? But it really does seem that like we get to a certain point in our life pretty early on where emotions turn into our enemy as opposed to a friend or a source of guidance for what we're experiencing internally that could use a little bit more attention. So what do you see when you, when you dive into this work with clients, that question, like where, where did this, does this come from? Oftentimes, do you find that it is within families, but it's always deeper than just that? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I think societally here in the U.S., I think for a lot of people, it is a cultural in that like feelings are messy or icky or that weakness. I mean, I'm even just thinking like about childhood and just some of like the language we use of like, just put your big girl panties on and deal with it or man up. Or I'm even picturing like, I don't know why I can picture like a child crying and an adult going up to them and being like, no, 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 no. Like, it's okay. And even just that sends the message of like, as this feeling is arising and these tears are coming, if someone's saying to me like, no, 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 it's okay. That then like almost like pushes it back down. And I think there's so many 
subtle little things, the toxic positivity layer that we've talked about before. There's so many things where we want to be okay. We want to be good. We want to be logical. We want to be put together. And we can't or aren't allowed, whether that's like conscious or unconscious, we, it's not acceptable to show up in an emotion. And I get it, right? Like there's a time and place. I'm not saying that like you have to be in the middle of a boardroom meeting weeping about something in your personal life. I think we have to compartmentalize to some extent, but I think we've almost learned to do that too much. Yeah. This is a really sensitive topic and I can feel the empath in me feeling the emotions as you're you're giving those examples too because yeah, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying and I would argue that anybody that is listening to this podcast, that is doing the work, seeking the help through a therapist, a coach, a healer, teacher, etc. and really probably every human being has that emotional capacity and that sensitivity to one degree or another, but over time has learned to either channel it in a different way or suppress it in a different way. And I know on a collective level too, and I, next week we'll talk more about this retreat experience, but I know on a collective level, we're working towards more authenticity and welcoming space for people to be raw and be real and express how they're feeling because we've walked around for way too long pushing things down and putting on that you know mask to how we really feel and it's left us feeling disconnected and drained and even sick so I am here for a revolution for the empaths, for the sensitive people, for the emotional people to feel safe in feeling those feelings and expressing them and embodying the strength and the courage that comes with that too. I think about like when people get married and they say like for better or for worse. I think that's kind of what it's like with emotions and being sensitive. So of course there is the side where the big feelings come up and it's not always the most convenient thing or the easiest thing or it can get in the way sometimes of the things that we're trying to do. And that's the worst. But the better is that like if I'm a sensitive person, I'm so capable of connecting with other people on a human level. And I'm so capable of understanding things from a different lens. I'm really able to put myself in your shoes. I'm really able to understand the vast impact that this thing has. And I think the thing is that comes up for other people is that that's uncomfortable. If I am a strong, rock solid, logical person and you approach me trying to connect with my feelings, I'm like a fruit ninja, like just trying to like, <laughs> like stop that from happening. Right. I think the, the logical people want to think their way out of a feeling, which we can't do. And I think the emotional people can learn how to feel their way through a feeling. And for someone who is a more logical, rational person, that's scary because we feel out of control. We feel like, what am I going to do with it? So when someone approaches me and I'm trying to be non-emotional and they approach me and they're like, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? That sometimes feels like 
a shot to the heart because it's like something we're not prepared for, or we don't feel equipped to handle that. So I think Mm -hmm. the thing here, how to harness this for me is you have to learn how to sit with it, how to feel it, how to let go and surrender. Interesting that that's coming up here too. Surrender to the feeling to some extent in dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT, we call it ride the wave. You Mm. just have to ride the wave of the emotion and it will come back down and then the water will settle. I love how you're giving language to it and the visual. We love visuals here on this podcast and in the work that we do. Because I think when you put it like that, if somebody's experiencing all of these emotions, but not quite sure what to do with them, to tell them to ride the wave and to give them just even that little little tidbit right there, I find really helpful. And I think the first thing that I was thinking of as you were speaking to this of like teaching them how to ride the wave or teaching them how to experience the emotions, the first thing that comes up for me is the the safety element we have to at the foundational part of our being we have to feel safe in any scenario but especially when it comes to emotions right which is why a space like a therapy session or a healing coaching session with me provides that safe container that safe space for somebody to come in and then open up because as you said yes it's not always going to be conducive for us to be pouring out our emotions everywhere we go, if we're in a boardroom, if we're in public, whatever. But the more that we can find ourselves in those safe spaces, the easier it is to open up and to express those emotions. Yeah. And that's actually, I love that you brought that piece in because for so many people, we are starting in our therapy sessions at just talking about the idea of the feelings or like feelings do feel really unsafe for a lot of people. They feel unpredictable. They feel out of our control and all of that falls under safety and security. So we really need to just start by giving you the tools so that you do feel safe enough and you know the spaces that you're comfortable enough to lean into and approach those feelings. And mm-hmm. that is so much of where we have to start is that that foundational safety space. And society doesn't create that safe space for us. So we have to learn how to how to find that and how to create that and then how to do that work. Yeah, definitely. I want to circle back for a moment to you were speaking about the difference between those more highly sensitive emotional people and those more logical people. And then I had a moment of very deep appreciation for those people who are the more logical people because mm-hmm. it's like that balance, right? Like it balances out um, the the highly emotional people. And sometimes you really do need that logical grounding person in your life. And I want to to take a moment to speak to that audience because I know that maybe some listening to this episode don't fall in that highly sensitive. So I kind of retract my original statement. And here's where I would love to come in with my energetic standpoint to this, because I know that we all have the capacity to tune into our energy. We are energetic beings. Everything around us is energy. And we've spoken before about how emotions are energy in motion. So for those who fall more in the logical side where they're 
maybe not feeling so in, in touch with their emotions in that sense, looking at it from a logical standpoint of what's coming up being energy in motion and how can I move that energy throughout my body? Maybe for somebody, it's not crying. Maybe it's going for a walk, going for a run, journaling, you know, channeling that energy just so that it is moving throughout your body and releasing out so that you are then coming back to a place of feeling level-headed, grounded. Because if you find yourself to be a very logical person in those moments of heightened emotion, heightened emotional states, your logic probably isn't there, right? So if you can think, like strategize in that moment in your logical brain, what can I do right now to get myself back to a, a leveled place of logic? I find that that might be a helpful tip. I think that's an extremely helpful tip because and in no way was I trying to like smack talk the logical people. I married one and I love him for <laughs> that. It's like an amazing thing because it is so grounding to the emotional person. I think the thing that I want to try to bring across here is that we have to have both. And I think we live in a society that's like the scale is a little bit more tipped to the logical side or seems to favor the logical side. And I just want us to understand that like we are human beings, not robots. We do have hearts. We do have feelings and we have to feel them. I think about our brain, like, so our brain is split in two parts. We have like a right hemisphere and a left hem left hemisphere. In no way is that what I'm about to say anatomically correct. But I want you to imagine that one side is emotional and one side is logical. When a feeling comes up, we it's like I picture little like SpongeBob's or like little minions in our brain. When a feeling starts to come up, when we're triggered, when something happens emotionally, we get stuck on the emotional side. And like there's almost like this drawbridge in between that goes up and we're trapped over there. We are only emotional. We can't access the logical information or the things that we know to be true. So I'm always reminding people when you're feeling emotional, all I want you to do is pull out your toolkit of body scans, breathing exercises, journaling, all the things you just said, go for a walk, like move the energy just enough so that the drawbridge goes back down. And then like our, our logical brain turns back on and we can access all of the things. We're smart people. You have lots of logic in your brain. It's just that we can't access that in those moments of emotion, which is exactly why when we're struggling or venting or talking to someone and they're, they're throwing solutions at us, we're like, I can't hear that. Like That's not helpful because mm -hmm. we can't access that logical information. We need to feel. We need to breathe. We need to move that energy and be in that emotional space. If we are in that space and we feel heard, boom drawbridge goes down, logical turns back on. If someone says like, that sounds really hard, drawbridge goes down, logical turns back on. Like we just need to approach emotion with emotion or with validation instead of with solution and logic. Yes. One, another fantastic visual. I'm, I can see it as you're explaining the whole thing. So thank you. And two, it really brings me back to maybe this is one of our Q&A episodes where we had a listener ask how to support um, a loved one 
going through a hard time. And it brings me back to that conversation that we shared and the tips that we shared of really when somebody is coming to you in an emotional place. Our natural tendency, as you're speaking about, you know, your example with Nick too, our natural tendency is to want to fix, to solve, to change, because it feels uncomfortable to watch and and hard to watch somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, or anybody for that matter, in an emotional state and hurting. And you just want to take that pain away for them. The best thing that you can do, and this speaks so much to this drawbridge example that you just gave, is to just hold that space for them, to allow them to express that emotion. Because when they feel that safety, when they have that sense of, hey, I'm here and I accept all parts of you right now. We don't have to change anything until you're ready. Then, yeah, I can absolutely see and feel that drawbridge come back down and then the fog clears, right? And the clarity is back again. So thank you for that. The other thing I think that we, the emotional sensitive listeners or the logical listeners that are trying to lean more into this space, the other thing I want you to do is be that toddler that we've talked about before. Like when your logical kicks back in, approach that emotion with curiosity. Go interview it. Like you want to know everything about what it has to say. The big feelings are here to remind you that like that thing hurt your feelings or you're feeling imbalanced in this relationship or you've invested so much into this thing, you feel so let down or so disappointed by the fact that it didn't work out. So there's like an energetic imbalance that just happened or an injustice that just took place. Like I think we can learn so much. Our feelings aren't great communicators, but they do have really important messages for us that we have to figure out how to decode what it's trying to say, how to mm-hmm. learn the language of that feeling because the message is so, so important. It just, the, the emotion doesn't know how to go about like, teaching it to us or communicating it to us. That is such an important point. And oh my goodness, if there's any reason to find yourself a therapist, a healer, a coach, a teacher, et cetera, it's for this reason, because we, you're, you're so right. Our emotions are important messengers, but they don't often tell us why. (laughs) Maybe they never tell us why. Like, (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've oftentimes found myself crying or on the verge of tears. And I like can't quite figure out why it is that I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And I have so many clients that will come to me too. And they'll start by expressing some type of frustration that they're feeling, et cetera. And they're like, but I I can't really, I don't know what the root of it is. Like I'm feeling this way and I don't know why. And that's when we dive into energy work because that, that energy work, and I'm, I'm sure it's similar to like your, your intuitive radar is on when your clients are talking to you where you can pick up on the subtle messages of what they're they're saying or what their emotions are saying. And then what we do in that space is illuminate the why, right? Like help them get to the root and then how to soothe and cope and heal and transmute the energies of, of our emotions. So sound advice, therapist Heather. Thank you. It's so funny to me how like even even you just saying that 
it's making me think I about a client session I had yesterday and she came in and she started telling me this story and then she started to cry and she said like, I don't know why I'm crying about this. And then continued to provide me with like 85 examples of why she was crying about that. And I almost sometimes wish I could record my sessions and play it back so that they could hear what they're saying because I'm like, I don't know how you wouldn't be crying about this and you don't know why you are crying about this. So like, how do we bridge that gap here? Because for me, it's so clear that you have so many feelings about this and they're all valid. They're all here to highlight something to you, to tell you that something's up. Like our emotions, if we can notice that they're here and be like, oop, okay, like let me tune in. Let me like try to explore this. Let me figure this out almost as like a problem to solve instead of a thing to judge. I think that can just be such a helpful way to gather that data. You know, I love data and emotions Mm -hmm. as icky and uncomfortable as they are. They're just data. They are data. And I also want to highlight what you mentioned about the power of you know, that toddler asking that question, why I always think about it as like a self-reflection piece after the fog clears and you have Mm -hmm. that, the drawbridge comes back down and you have the ability to be a little bit more introspective and logical and, and ask that question, why? Because that is where the growth happens. That is where the integration happens because we all know what it is to have that emotional moment and to ru- to want to push or rush through it as quick as we can so we can get to the other side but if we're not taking that moment to look back and be like hey what was that trying to show me or tell me how can i learn from that then we're just going to find ourselves in that same negative feedback loop where we're good for a little bit of time but then something comes up and we find ourselves right back in that same place. And so if we, when we take that time to look back and to reflect, that is when we truly heal. And then in spiritual terms, that is when we ascend. That is when we grow and evolve and expand and it's an ascend so that we don't find ourselves in that same repeating circle. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly why being emotional and being sensitive when you harness it can be your superpower because you then learn how to do that work, how to ascend, how to grow, how to evolve and adapt and become a like superhero in that. So, I mean, that's really like the full circle conversation that I wanted to have is that you, if you do the work, with the feelings, you're going to learn so much and grow so much. And I think it's such a cool thing, which is why I always say like, I have such admiration for all of my clients that are here and doing the work because I know, no, no, that it's not easy, but I also know so wholeheartedly how powerful it can be. Mm, exactly. This is why in my world, I call what I do alchemy. Mm. I call it magic. Because if you think about it, alchemy is the process of changing one thing into a, you know, one form into a different form. And that is what we're doing. And I think it's the same thing with magic too. I like to think of the clients that I work with as being those alchemists, those magicians as well. And that is a superpower because we're able to take one form of energy, sadness, anger, 
frustration, whatever it is, and find ourselves in the supportive safe spaces. Apply the tools and the tips to then change the form of that energy from one thing to something more loving, peaceful, joyful even. And that is magic. That is alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so awesome. And I have so much love for everyone that's out there doing it because it can be so life-changing. And it makes me sad that it took us so so long as a society to start to come around to this idea. But I think more and more people are buying into it and doing it and seeing the value that it offers to our life instead of seeing it as something that like weakens us or inhibits us. We both clearly believe that this it's the opposite. It's power, it's strength, it's courage, it's magic, it's beautiful. And I hope that everyone just has or creates that safe space for themselves to start to do this work. I really do wish that for all. So well said. Thank you, Heather, for bringing in this very important topic. I don't know about you, but I feel like lighter just talking Mm -hmm. about it like that and being able to reframe it. That was, I know your intention for this was to reframe our emotional capacity as a superpower as opposed to a hindrance or, um, you know, something more negative. So thank you. I appreciate you always. It is your week, I believe, to take a look at your vision board, especially since you have come into this conversation with this topic. What is calling out to you today to leave our audience with? I have um, on my personal vision board, I have two things that are kind of standing out. One is a little clip. It says accept and adapt. And then the other one says change your brain every day. And I feel like this episode, I I want people to learn to accept their emotions and then adapt their life accordingly. And in doing so, we are changing our brain. I mean, reframing is the process of like rewiring your brain. Alex said it in her episode a few weeks back, neurons that fire together, wire together. So if we can do a little bit step-by-step of changing our brain every day, I think we'll be in a better place. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you, Heather. What a really just enlightening conversation, a healing conversation, and also huge shout out and thank you to all of our listeners, our clients who are coming and doing the work because really you are the ones who inspire these conversations as well. Yeah. Thank you, Devin, for holding this safe space for me to share and for me to bring in this conversation. And always a huge, huge thank you to our listeners, to our clients, to anyone that's out there and just like doing the work. We love you and we appreciate you. And we're so, so proud of you. And on that note, we will see you again next week for another episode of Mind Meets Body and Soul. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. We are so glad that you took the time to share this space with us. We'll be releasing new episodes of Mind Meets Body and Soul every Tuesday, so be sure to give us a follow and share this podcast with those you love. To connect with us and join our communities, head to the show notes where you'll find our contact information and individual websites. 
Until next week, stay grounded, keep growing, and trust that everything you seek is unfolding for you.